You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today as we head into the weekend. We've got some stuff to go over in Bachelor Nation. We've got a little bit to talk about in regards to yesterday's podcast. I've got some other things involving the show. We've got Dancing with the Stars that I finally watched from Monday night. I've got some choice takes on that. And I've got your college football play or plays uh, for this weekend that we'll end with. And we'll get to that momentarily. This podcast is brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. Now, yesterday I actually gave you the wrong code. Go to greenchef.com slash realitysteve599. That's the new code, realitysteve599. Use that code, realitysteve599, to get $5.99 per meal on your first box, and your first box ships free. That's greenchef.com slash realitysteve599, and use code realitysteve599 to get $5.99 per meal on your first box, and your first box ships free. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Also, podcast always brought to you by Dame Products. The Dip is their new introductory vibrator. Whether it's your first vibrator or the toy that helps you rediscover what feels good for you, it's designed to be unintimidating and to encourage pleasure exploration without shame. So go to dameproducts.com and use the promo code REALITYSTEVE to get 15% off your first order. That's dameproducts.com, promo code REALITYSTEVE. Take 15% off your first order. Now, let's get to it. Oh, by the way, in your nightly John King update from CNN, tonight he was drawing on the magic wall. He was drawing his numbers on the touchscreen. Look, I couldn't make out what chicken scratch numbers he was writing on that thing, and I didn't care. The fact that now we get to see his left-handed penmanship Just more evidence how the king just dominates cable television at night during election season. John King could have drawn a picture of a chicken. He could have drawn a penis, for all I care. Just seeing John King draw numbers on the touchscreen with percentages next to it with his finger. And it looked like how any of us, when we have to sign for something now on a touchscreen with your finger, how different it looks than your actual signature when you write it with a pen. That's basically the way John King's numbers look like on television. But like I said, he can do no wrong. So he could have drawn the Eiffel Tower on that thing or a picture of a dog or stick figures. He could have played Hangman on that thing. I wouldn't have cared. He was using the touchscreen to draw. Yeah, he was giving us numbers and figures and whatnot. I don't care. I, I'm i all for John King artwork on CNN. So that's your daily King update. The Let's get to the Bachelor stuff, which I'm sure you're here for. Number one, yesterday I was able to confirm where they're going for overnights and final rose ceremony. And as I tweeted out and put on my Instagram story, they are going to Krabi, Thailand. Well, they're there in Krabi, Thailand. Is it Krabi? Is it Krabi? I don't know. Never been there. What's interesting was 
even before I um, tweeted it out, I had even said like, "Hey, in my tweet, I said they're going. They're in Thailand. Um, they were there for Colton's season. That's when the fence jump happened, and they were also there for Sean's season for the final rose ceremony. Immediately, within gosh, a minute." of tweeting that out, at least three or four DMs came my way saying Steve Colton didn't jump the fence in Thailand. He jumped the fence in Portugal. And I said, and they, and they also said, Oh, by the way, Becca's season was also there. I'm like, you know what? You're right. So corrected it within five minutes, put it up where I put another tweet out and said, was wrong about Colton. Colton's episode five was in Thailand. The fence jump was in Portugal. And Becca's overnights were in Thailand and Sean's final rose ceremony. I even had my in my notes app on my phone, I have all the seasons and where they went for each episode. And I was even scrolling before I sent that tweet. And for some reason I came across Colton's, I saw Thailand, and I was like, oh, but I didn't write finale next to it. So uh, it literally said episode five, so that was just dumb of me and lazy of me to put that wrong info out there. We corrected it right away, and you know, there's so many seasons on my notes app. It goes all the way back to Deanna's, I believe, and so I knew they had been there recently, and I knew Becca's sounded familiar. I knew they went there for Sean's because I just remember them riding the elephants, him and Catherine, after they got engaged, but. Ashley Abair's season filmed in Thailand and Joe and that was during the season and Jojo's season filmed overnights and final rose ceremony in Thailand. So this show clearly likes Thailand. This is the sixth time they've been there. Starting from as far back as Ashley's season. If they went to Thailand before Ashley's, I don't think I have that in my notes anywhere. So minimum six times. Ashley's, Jojo's, Sean's, Becca's, Colton's, and now Zach's season have been to Thailand at some point during the season. But that's where they are for overnights. Now, when they went to overnights for Becca's season, they then went to the Maldives for final rose ceremony. I don't know where they're going for final rose ceremony. I'm assuming they're staying in Thailand. But, you know, could be wrong. They might jet off somewhere else for the final two. But I'm under the impression that overnights and final rose ceremony will both be in Thailand. So keep that in mind. But I just wanted to... um, you know, correct my mistake if you didn't see the correction on Twitter. Correct it here on you, for you on the podcast. Also want to thank anyone who reached out to me yesterday and or reached out to Allie Appleby to thank her for coming on the podcast or thanked me for having her on because you felt like you did learn something. A few of you did reach out to me, and I appreciate it. And... Like I said, I can't say enough about Allie, and you know the crazy thing is, obviously I know she's a teenager, but I don't know how old she is. I never asked. She did say during the interview she's in high school, and we know that you can't be older than 19 to compete in Miss Dallas Teen, so she's somewhere between 16 and 18, I believe, and I'm just kind of in awe. Because I have an 18-year-old niece and, you know, love her to death. But when I was talking to Allie in that interview, I was like, my gosh, this girl does not sound like she's 18 years old at max. Very, very composed, very, very mature for her age. And I just, I know it just sounds like I'm going on and on, but I just... How can you not? 
How can you not be impressed with someone her age who lives with epilepsy and lives with autism and has to have a service dog and has dealt with what she's dealt with her whole life and then just more so recently being thrust into the spotlight, having entered the Miss Dallas teen pageant three weeks before it started and ends up winning the thing and now is going to compete in the state event. I mean, I, as I said yesterday, I would love to see her win Miss Teen Texas. Then she goes on, I think it, doesn't you go on after that to Miss Teen Universe? I know you do for the Miss, you know, if you win just regular Miss Texas, you go on to compete for Miss USA as one of the 50 representatives of all the states. Might be 51. And, um, and then if you win that, if you become Miss USA, you go on to compete for Miss Universe. So I got to believe there's something like that for teen, right? I Let's, you know, one step at a time. Let's let's get Allie a win. Not that any, we, not, nothing we can do to get her a win, but let's just cheer for her and hope she does well at Miss Teen Texas. And then she could go on to represent Texas in Miss Teen USA because I think that would be such an unbelievable platform for her to share with everybody. And, you know, I think this is, I think this is really something that could be, it's already making, it's already having an impact on kids just by the things that she said yesterday, but it's still on a small level because she's only one Miss Dallas teen. And yes, her story has been gotten out there nationally, but can you just imagine if she does win Miss Teen Texas and then goes on to Miss Teen USA and then an even bigger platform? So all the best to her. I hope she does well. I hope you started following her. I hope people just went into that with an open mind, not knowing anything or caring anything about pageants, and then come out of it with like, wow, look at look at how impressive she is as a young woman at her age and what she's been through. The other thing yesterday that... Um, was obviously a topic was the information I gave about Aaron and seemingly the woman um, that he's dating now. And, you know, look, I certainly think that there's something going on with them. I just don't think you post a heart and his name and a, and a vase of roses and then him kissing you on your birthday. If there's not something fairly serious going on between them. But I thought it was interesting that Genevieve seemed to react to it uh, publicly um, she even commented, she did a, she did a TikTok where, you know, you, you lip sync something and you'd have to go to her TikTok to, to, to see it. But it was basically, you could tell was definitely in response to what was posted yesterday. And then she even wrote on the game of roses, um, real because the game of roses really likes Aaron as a player. You know, they rank these contestants. They look at the show as a game and they rank Aaron as one of the best paradise players that they've ever seen. And Genevieve commented underneath and said, creating drama from nothing at someone else's expense who actually has a heart and isn't playing a game shouldn't be praised. That's sad. I mean, look, she's not wrong. And I think the whole point, and like I was trying to make the point yesterday in regards to Aaron, which is like, look, it's it's typical behavior from guys in this franchise. My thing is, Two plus two equals four to me. And from everything that I gathered, from the pictures that I posted, 
this is a guy that went down there just to have some fun, which, hey, you can do that. However, he got so deep into it with Genevieve, I think that's the part that was just unnecessary. Clearly, Aaron was not going down there looking to be engaged, looking for a relationship, and looking to leave that island other than a single man. But you have to do something while you're there to continue to get camera time, to continue to get roses, and it seemingly was at the expense of Genevieve. And I just think he could have done everything that he did but did he really need to pull out the L card on her and not just say, you know, him, hey, you know, I'm falling in love with you. This is great. He didn't even say that. He said, I am in love with you. And then he's breaking up with her and getting in a fight with her days later. You know, that's what I mean. Like, look, you can go on the show, have fun. Most people do. Everyone goes on that show with ulterior motives. They want to expand their brand, get some camera time, get some more followers, which then can lead to opportunities and posts and money and stuff like that. I get it. We all get that by now. But while he was in the process of doing that, he seemed to be toying with someone's emotions. Let's be honest. I don't think Aaron had any any want at all to leave that island with a girlfriend, certainly not leave with a fiancé. And I think the pictures and just kind of piecing things together kind of backs that up. And I think that's where, I mean, let's not even, I mean, I didn't even bring up the stuff and how he treated her and said Genevieve was gaslighting him and he couldn't even define what gaslighting was. And when he tried to define it, couldn't have been more off. I mean, his behavior there was not appropriate whatsoever. And the things that he said, the things that we have seen, but now that we have know a little bit more and this girl that he's clearly seeing and was seeing right after he got back from filming and was probably seeing before filming. It it just seems all very calculating and he did it at the expense of someone else's emotions. And I think that's shitty bottom line. Um, I want to talk about dance with the stars because I did not watch it until yesterday and I can't believe I waited four days to watch it. I just got caught up with everything else. However, I will say this. Dance with the Stars has been on, what, 31, 32 seasons? I can't remember what number we're at. We're right around that, 31 or 32. Have they ever done a 90s night? Because, you know, (laughs) here I am, born in 1975, and the 90s were my right in my groove. I mean, that was me. That was, I entered high school in September of 1989, graduated college in 1997, like, That was my wheelhouse, the 90s. I loved everything about the 90s. And then when I saw they were having 90s night, having watched every season of Dancing with the Stars, I'm like, I don't remember them ever having an episode like this, and how could they not? And I'll say this. That was the best episode of Dancing with the Stars I've ever watched. Now, obviously, I'm biased because I'm a fan of the 90s, but it was awesome. I loved it. They could have done a six-hour show. I would have watched all six hours. I mean, to watch Kid and Play perform live, to watch Vanilla Ice perform live, to watch Salt and Peppa perform live, to watch In Vogue perform live. Look, I know that they're also on that tour. I don't know if you know this, but there's a there's a 90s tour that uh, maybe you've seen them, uh, but those acts all kind of tour together. And um, also, I think Naughty by Nature is on that tour and one of the boy bands and stuff like that. So it's not like... This was a first. They've been touring for a while now. But still, 
to watch that play out was just so cool. And to the I think I thought all the skits were good, the dancing was great, the music obviously I loved. Hell, most of those songs are on my fucking <laughs> or in my song list for on my Apple Music on my phone. Like I still have most of those songs. I mean, Kid and Play. I, I probably have six Kid and Play songs on my on my in my playlists. Uh, certainly, Vanilla Ice is on my playlist. I mean, come on. I mean, I thought I was Vanilla Ice in high school. Yes, I did. So <laughs> there's that. Um, it was just such a great show, and I was just like, have they ever? I don't remember them ever doing a '90s themed episode. And they're 32 seasons in. They get what? I don't know, 12, 14 episodes a season. How have they never done '90s before? The other thing I want to say is this, and this might be you thinking me saying this is hyperbole or whatever. To me, it's not. Charlie D'Amelio is the best dancer in the history of that show. Period. End of story. She is so good. And yes, I'm very well aware she's been dancing since she was two. But so have many other ringers that they brought on that show. There's always someone with a very extensive dance background that they put on every season. They don't just cast 16 people that have never danced before. They always have ringers on there. But with that said, she is unreal. So if Gabby pulls out a win because Charlie's fans decided not to vote because they think it's too obvious she's going to win or something, or Wayne ends up winning, great for them. Take home the title. They have that bragging right, but Charlie's the best dancer on this season and any season the show has ever had. She's unbelievable. Now, I will say this. This might be coming from a place of bias because last week I started watching the D'Amelio show on Hulu. Now, you might say, why? And I said, because I've always been interested in the family. And now that I'm watching her on Dancing with the Stars this season, I wanted to get back to, hey, I want to I want to know a little bit more. I want to kind of see where they come from. And um, for those that haven't watched it, and I talked about this with one of my guests in the last two months. Can't remember who it was. It was either... It was either Emily Longaretta or it was uh, or Kristen Baldwin or or maybe it was or maybe it was uh, Kate Casey, somebody. Can't remember who it was, but we talked about it, and I and I hadn't watched it yet, and I was kind of asking like, "Hey, what what can I expect or whatever?" So I've watched season one, and I'm about four episodes into season two. I haven't finished it yet, but. I'll say this. It is a really good show. If you have a teenage daughter who's into the whole TikTok thing and who is a fan of Charlie and or Dixie, I think it's a really good show. And I'm not just saying that because I'm I'm now a fan. If it was crap, I'd tell you it's crap. Because the reason I wanted to watch it was because I wanted to see how they actually are on camera. And yes, I know cameras are following them around and they could be putting on an act, but I... I think I'm pretty good at at watching TV and seeing who's acting and who isn't. And these are two girls who had fame thrown at them during the pandemic, essentially, and had their lives slipped upside down. And, hey, maybe they have me completely fooled, but they are two of the most humble girls you will ever see. Charlie is just, I almost feel bad watching Charlie on that show. She seems so overwhelmed by what she's going to do, the attention that she gets, every single thing that she does. And, you know, when she started to take off on TikTok, she was like, you know, the hottest thing on TikTok. Not looks-wise. I'm just talking about the hottest thing. She was blowing up. 
gaining all these followers. And then, like most things, when something becomes too popular, everyone needs to shit on it. Charlie's done nothing wrong. Like, all this girl has done is make videos and dance on TikTok and get famous. Like, point me something where she absolutely did something wrong or, you know, MF'd somebody or said something, you know, racist on her. She doesn't do anything. She just dances and people throw the worst hate at her. And you watch that show and it's almost heartbreaking to see what these girls go through. And you're like, Jesus, Steve, come on. They make $20 million a year, which is what Charlie made, I think, in 2021. It's like, has nothing to do with the money. Because if anything, someone making $20 million a year at 18 years old, 17 years old, 16 years old when season one started, it's just like you would think they'd be a stuck-up bitch. Charlie is like the farthest thing from it. I'm so impressed by her, and I'm so impressed by Dixie. The parents are not crazy, you know, stage parents and stuff like that. I, I, you know, obviously Heidi watching her on Dance with the Stars this season. Now I get to know her more. Just very grounded, and it's very actually refreshing to watch that show. And I'm not, look, I know a lot of you probably watch the Kardashians and love that stuff, and I'm not hating on it. I've barely seen one episode my whole life of the Kardashians, but I'm well aware of what it's about. It's about the bling and what they're wearing and what hotspots they're attending. And, oh, my God, this look at this dress and I bought this. And and I'm sorry, that's just not interesting to me. And they're famous because of a name. They've built a brand, but they built it on a name. They didn't build a brand on any sort of talent, to me at least. I mean, what talent does Kim Kardashian have? Her name brand has gotten her where she's gotten. I have all the credit in the world that she's built a brand, but she didn't build it because of any sort of talent that I'm aware of. But credit to them. They have a they have a they have an empire, for sure. I'm not taking that away from them. Charlie has a talent. She's a very good dancer. All you gotta do is watch Dancing with the Stars. Dixie, you know, working on a singing career. And the second she starts singing, people just shit on her because Oh my God, stick to dancing, stick to TikTok, you suck, and all that. The girl suffers from anxiety. She suffers from depression. I mean, and all she's trying to do is be a teenager and sing and have a singing career. I just, I, I find the show really good. And the fact that most of that is filmed, it's not like they're traveling to a bunch of places and doing all this stuff. Most of the shows and the episodes are filmed in their home in LA where the family lives because those two can't go out anywhere without getting swarmed by the paparazzi. The one episode in season one where they went shopping and Charlie's literally almost having a panic attack in the car because she sees a paparazzi as they pull up and her and Dixie are going to go shopping for clothes. And she's like literally freaking out. Take me home. Take me home. Take me home. I don't want to be here. Oh, I don't want to be here. She's, you know, she's bending down in the car so nobody sees her. Like, this is an 18-year-old girl, or at the time, she was 16. I just, I, I'm, I'm impressed by them, is what I'm trying to say. And um, I, I, I kind of feel bad for them when I watch the show, because I'm like, man, they, they've had their, their high school lives and their, you know, their teen lives basically ripped from them. They can't have a normal life, because they're so popular. And, um, you know... I watch her on Dance with Stars, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm in awe of her. I mean, the judges are in awe of her, and, and they are professionals. So I am too. I think she's the best dancer they've ever had on that show, and it's, I don't want to say she blows everybody else out, but it's, it's scary how good she is. 
and um you know and she's just comes across as very humble at no point have you ever seen her either on the show in any of the episodes that I've seen where she said something in an ITM or a confessional that made us like oh my god she's she's a total little brat she's a little bitch this fame is getting to her head i mean it's almost the opposite she's like literally almost embarrassed to be on camera and embarrassed at the fame that she's gotten by she's even said it a couple times like i just dance on i just dance on camera that's it and it's a really good show i just if you guys want to check it out that's uh that's my 5 minute take on the Demilio brand uh i'm i'm a fan sorry what can i say now we're going to end it with this your sports takes for the weekend or your sports games for the weekend this one's tough because there's a lot of games that I like this weekend. And um, there's two in the Big 12. Um, it seems like I'm always picking Big 12 games, but here we are again. Um, I really like Baylor minus three and a half at home over Kansas. I just think Kansas became bowl eligible last week. They ripped the goalpost down. The fans stormed the field. And they've got three tough games to end the season. This, this is a, a school that hasn't been to a bowl game, I think, since 07 or 08. They've reached their peak. I just I find it hard to believe they're going to be able to get up for a game against against Baylor. And Baylor's playing really well. And Baylor still has a shot to play in the Big 12 championship. Kansas doesn't. I'm surprised this line's only three and a half. I'm, what am I missing here? But love Baylor at three and a half. So I'd say that's my best one. I also like Texas Tech at home, minus two and a half against Kansas State. Kansas State is basically... Ever since I gave them out three weeks ago, I don't think they've won. They've lost, I believe they've lost, well, two or maybe they're two and one or whatever since then. But I just think they are they they're they're spiraling. And um, Texas Tech is off back to back losses. They're going home, and they're only laying a short number, less than a field goal at home. I'll take te- Texas Tech at home, laying less than a field goal. And then the other big another game that I like. It's a Big Twelve game. I just think there's going to be a ton of points in the TCU-Texas game. I'd take over 65. Uh, I think this is a just back and forth. TCU, since they went to the Big 12, has beaten Texas 7 out of 10 times. They're 9-0, and taking on a 6-3 and team, and they're getting 7 points. Like, that's almost too scary to me. I probably will take TCU plus the points. Sounds like a sucker bet at this point because it just was like makes no sense why a 9-0 and team ranked 4th in the country is a seven-point underdog to a team they've beaten seven of the last ten years. But whatever, I'll take it. But I do like the points going over 65. I think it's just going to be a shootout with those two teams. I could see 41-34, 41-38, 42-40, something along those lines. I just think neither team's going to be able to stop the other one. So that'll do it uh, for Friday. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Have a great weekend, and we will talk to you on Monday. See you!